0: Hello and welcome to this podcast episode. My name's Adam Brown and I'm joined today by Doug Robinson and Davina Shah, two of my colleagues from the dispute resolution practice here in London. Today we're going to be talking about digital assets and specifically we will be discussing the legal implications of transferring digital assets and the legal risks arising from such arrangements. So why are we talking about this issue? Well, digital assets have seen a rush of investments um, by asset managers over the past year. And since many digital assets do not pay the holder a coupon or dividend, many holders look for other ways to generate a return um, whilst holding the asset. This has spawned arrangements whereby digital assets are transferred on an interim basis in return for payment. And I use the word transferred carefully as a key issue is whether the asset is merely borrowed, with legal title retained, or whether the property in the asset passes on the transfer. A number of risks arise as a result of that ambiguity, so fund managers should be cautious and diligent around the legal protections that they seek for such arrangements. Now, before going into those risks further, let's start by unpacking some of the terminology in this
1: area so to start with, Doug, what is decentralised finance? Sure, thanks, Adam. Decentralised finance, or, or DeFi as it's sometimes referred to, um, is a reference to financial infrastructure built on a blockchain technology. <clears throat> it enables peer-to-peer financial transactions without the need for a centralised intermediary. Um, those kinds of DeFi transactions often use smart contracts, They are contracts where some or all of the contractual obligations are defined in or performed automatically by a computer code. DeFi applications can be used to generate yield for investors, for example, by offering a return on those willing to provide liquidity through a temporary transfer of their assets.
0: Thanks, Doug. Another jargon buster then. What does yield generation mean?
1: Sure, well it it can take a number of forms in the digital assets context including the use of DeFi as such as described and also another process known as staking. Staking uh, involves the validation of transactions on blockchains that operate a proof of stake protocol. The incentive to validate transactions uh, honestly and in accordance with the protocol uh, is that by so doing the parties can earn newly minted digital assets Um, that operates on the protocol in question. A condition of the validation process is that some of the digital assets must be staked. And this is essentially locking those assets into the protocol for a period of time as security against honest transaction validation. This staking creates an incentive structure for asset owners to transfer their assets to parties who would like to be involved in the validation process and to be paid for doing so. An investor might transfer additional assets to another party who will stake them in return for a share in the returns generated by the transaction validation. Thank you. And
0: how are these transactions
1: structured legally? Well, DeFi and staking transactions can take a multitude of of different forms. A common feature is that the investor transfers control of the assets to another party, or in the case of DeFi, to a decentralised application. And the term transfer is used uh, in this context, mutually in the legal sense. It could, in theory, just involve lending the asset whilst retaining beneficial uh, interest in it. Alternatively, it could involve a sale and repurchase of the asset whereby the beneficial interest passes along with uh, each transfer. Um, This could be compared to stock lending or cash deposits in the traditional financial system. However, it's unclear in the case of DeFi and staking precisely what rights the investor would have in the event that something went wrong
0: thank you now you referenced there things going wrong in the case of smart contracts where performance is automated how can that
1: happen Um, It's a good question. Uh, On on the one hand, um, blockchain and smart contract technology provide solutions in areas that traditionally have given rise to disputes such as non-performance by one party of a contract. Given a computer is programmed to perform the contract, you would not expect this to be an issue in in the the case of smart contracts. However, that isn't always going to be the case. Um, New technologies do not address all difficult legal questions that can arise when things go wrong. So an example of that of that would be where there's insolvency of one of the parties involved, uh, a fraud, or some other unexpected event. Thank you. And um, Davina,
0: turning to you, what sorts of legal uncertainties arise on the transfer of digital assets?
2: Thanks, Adam. Well, it's the newness of these technologies itself that's giving rise to increased legal uncertainty. As there's unlikely to be any legal precedent covering a dispute over the legal rights in the relevant context, many of these issues remain untested before the courts. So the courts are first having to grapple with some of the key questions in this area, including what legally the digital asset is. In other types of transactions, an investor would typically look to the contract agreed with their transaction counterparty to understand their legal rights, but that's not straightforward in the case of Defi and smart contracts.
0: Okay, so what legal questions should an investor be considering when entering into a transfer arrangement?
2: Well, first, an investor should consider whether there's a binding contract. On that point, actually, the Law Commission concluded that smart contracts are capable of satisfying the prerequisites of a binding legal agreement, though it's worth bearing in mind that smart contracts exist solely in code and so may emit important boilerplate provisions which become key in disputes like governing law and jurisdiction and they also might not make provision for the circumstance that has arisen. Assuming though that there is a binding contract, An investor should then clarify what the contract terms are, who is the counterparty and who has beneficial ownership of the transferred asset. Those questions may seem obvious but in the case of DeFi there's unlikely to be, there's likely to be considerable uncertainty as to who their counterparty to the investor's contract is. Is it the party responsible for creating the DeFi application and smart contracts or the other side of the trade intermediated by the DeFi application?
0: Thank you. So, that's a really helpful summary of what to look at at the outset when entering into the arrangements. What would your advice be um, if the asset's been transferred and then something goes wrong?
2: So, it's key to understand which party holds beneficial ownership where assets are transferred by one investor to another. If it's the investor, it will have proprietary rights in the assets themselves and might be able to take action to secure their return. In other words, the investor wouldn't need to pursue a counterparty for damages, but could seek to lay claim to the particular assets that were transferred. That was actually considered by the High Court in the staking context recently in the case of Wang and Derby. In that case, the court held that, in principle, digital assets are capable of being held on trust for a beneficial owner, although no trust arose on the facts of that case because the terms of the agreement between the parties were incompatible with the trust. In a relationship with different commercial terms, an investor may be able to establish that the assets transferred remain its property throughout, and that would greatly improve the investor's position should risks crystallise.
0: Okay, so picking up on that, what can an investor do so as to um, establish a trust relationship when entering into such an arrangement?
2: Legally, under English law, you need to have three certainties to establish a trust. First, certainty of intention, so whether a trust was intended by the party. Second, subject matter, which digital assets are to be held on trust. And finally, object, who are the beneficiaries of the trust. Some features of DeFi and blockchain technology, such as the ability to identify specific assets, even when they're commingled with other assets, Do lend themselves well to establishing those certainties. But others, such as the anonymous nature of many transactions, present challenges to an investor seeking to prove that a trust exists. So, crucially, hedge funds entering into the digital asset space and seeking to generate yields through lending or transferring assets for staking or other DeFi purposes should really carefully consider what legal protections may be put in place to guard against these risks and, and seek relevant legal advice.
0: Thank you, Davina. Doug, turning back to you and switching topic, moving away from legal uncertainties as a matter of contract, could you talk us through the regulatory risks that may arise from these sorts of transfer arrangements?
1: Sure. Well, I think that there are two key risks really to think about. The first is that um, practically speaking, when an investor enters into a defile staking transaction, they are in practice pooling their, their assets with the assets of a large n- number of unknown Counterparties who are also using the same uh, application or, or staking um, protocol, and that can present a regulatory risk. Should one of the other parties to the to the transaction, people pooling their assets, um, be involved in unlawful conduct, for example, meaning that the assets they put into the pool are tainted by financial crime, this could happen if. Taking an example, money launderers are seeking to use the pooling and yield uh, generating as a means of concealing the origin of assets that do derive from crime. And depending upon the nature of the transaction, what that means is that the investor might receive back digital assets uh, that are linked or tainted in some way by financial crime rather than the same clean assets they put into the pool at the outset. So that's the first kind of risk. The second relates more to um regulatory treatment in that the pooling of um digital assets in this way where management of the pool is uh is taken over by the DeFi protocol or some third party may come within the definition of a regulated investment. And if that's the case, the the party operating uh that pool would require, depending upon the jurisdiction, Um, permissions from regulators to to do so uh, and failure to have those permissions where required can constitute a criminal offence.
0: Thank you Doug and then final question probably taking you right to the edge of your comfort zone. Um, Should investors consider the tax implications before entering these sorts of transfers?
1: Absolutely they certainly should. Um, there's been some guidance from HMRC in the UK about the tax treatment uh, of these kinds of transactions and whilst it's a fast moving area I think it's safe to say there is a risk that if a, an investor transfers assets for DeFi or staking purposes that could be um, deemed to be a disposal for tax purposes and therefore trigger a, a tax liability. So investors certainly should take tax advice uh, to think about the issue before proceeding with these kinds of transactions.
0: Thanks very much, Doug and Davina, for all the insights provided on this podcast. It's been extremely interesting discussion. I hope that those listening have also found it interesting. And do please join us for the other podcasts in this series. Thank you very much.